Hey, this is Noah Elias of Noah Fine Art. You're listening to the Master of One podcast. You can find me at noahfineart.com. You're listening to a special episode of the Master of One podcast, live from the Reimagine Conference. I'm Andrew, your Master of Art and Design. I'm Patrick, your Master of Television and Film. And I'm Luke, your Master of Toys and Games. So put on your insulated pants, because this seat's about to get hot. Ow! jump into the hot seat, let me tell you a little bit about why we do what we do. Here at the M of One Podcast, we strive to produce and promote great content that's entertaining, informative, and inspirational. It's our goal to cultivate a community of artists, designers, and creatives that work together to put amazing things into the world. If you want to be a part of this community, join us on Slack at mofonepodcast.com slash slack. And if you want to be a part of making this whole thing happen, you can join us on Patreon. Becoming a patron means showing your support, helping us cover costs, and as an added bonus, you'll get exclusive content you won't get anywhere else. You can become a patron for as little as $1 a month, so go to patreon.com slash podcast now to contribute. Also, check out our archive full of incredible interviews with industry leaders at mofonepodcast.com, and don't miss our next full-length episode releasing tomorrow. Now, on to the hot seat. We are back at the Reimagine Conference, and we've been podcasting this whole time from our aquarium studio. It's been lovingly dubbed the aquarium studio because there is one big, massive glass wall, and then three not glass walls. Yeah, and just, a, just regular, like a regular aquarium. A really yeah, weird like, fish smell. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and it smells of fish. It's, we're trying to figure it out. It's day three. I have an idea what it might be, but we're just going to move on. Yeah. We are sitting here uh, with a man who, if you were to look at him, you know is as dapper as anything you've seen. But once you hear him, you'll just melt and fall in love because we are talking to none other than Fab Altamara. <laughs> Welcome, Fab, to the show. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> it's great so, to have you. First in your of all, aquarium. In the aquarium. In the aquarium, so, yeah. Just tell me, before we start anything yeah. else, where do you get your sense of style? It's got to be from my parents. Okay. My mom and dad are both Italian. They mm-hmm. are super, super stylish. Yeah. Cool. You are killing it with what kind, what kind of hat is that? This isn't, I'm going to just pull you to the side so I don't get my hair. It's, been, okay. it's a free, <laughs> I actually got it from Chico. Okay. There was a place called Formal Education. All right. And it's kind of a structured flat cap. Good so Lord, it's, it's perfect. Thank you. you. you pull it off. I bought and five, four of them. Fantastic. Nice. Different colors. And you wore like a striped, like linen uh, sport coat. It was the a other sport. Day. Yeah. And do you know what? I was in Italy and my wife told me not to buy that. And I was like, I'm sorry, darling. It's a double breasted, <laughs> striped sport coat. Like I've got blue I've got and to buy white, it. like a navy blue and white. It was, yeah. With I've a maybe paid too much attention to how you look on this trip. <laughs> this Arguably. is like complete gibberish <laughs> to me. I'm wearing a ripped blue hoodie. Come on. I have. Yeah, Come on. Patrick's, this all means nothing. Patrick's so. had that hoodie since 1993. <laughs> So he has no idea. Um, but uh, okay, so tell everybody who you are and what you do. So I am Fabiano Altamora. I 
um, the performing arts pastor at a church in Reading called Bethel. Yeah. And yeah. I am a theatrical director of the Reading Civic Auditorium at in Reading as well. Okay. Northern awesome. California. So that carries with it a whole lot of responsibilities and a whole list of things that uh, when you first started explaining what they were the other night mm. to us, I was I was floored with uh, the, the very fact that like the church offered that. So maybe talk through what some of your responsibilities are as it pertains to Bethel and and like some of the the the, the traits um, that you bring to that position. Yeah, well, Bethel being the movement that it is, yeah, um, is. V- they're, they're massive leaders in the arts, mm-hmm. and especially with their music, Bethel Music. Right. Yeah. What um, my wife and my um, two other co-founders, David Neronia and his wife, Lisa Neronia, we have been commissioned by the senior leadership to set up a conservatory of the arts. Oh, cool. And our slant is, you know, a lot of people are defined by what they do, so they, they perform for identity rather than from identity. Sure. And our message right. is teaching artists to have um, a lifestyle where they perform from who they are, right. knowing who they are in Jesus. Right. And our tagline is that we, we teach artists to perform in the presence. Yeah. yeah. You know, we can't ever detach from who we are in him. Sure. When our artistry and when our gift is sourced in Jesus, in the presence of God, that's where I believe you flourish and that's where you're actually your destiny comes into alignment yeah so talk to us about what drives that um that passion in you where that came from have you always felt that or was there like this moment in your life where you this like all clicked and it all made sense and you're like i have to find a place where i can have an outlet for this yeah you know i so i trained as an actor i went to mainstream conservatory one of the best in the uk especially for musical theater Mm -hmm. and i think i did all my I made all my mistakes as a Christian because I became a Christian when I was 15. And every single job that I did defined who I was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I couldn't bring the fullness of who I was to that job, to right. that role. Yeah. So I think the reason why it's come to this is because, especially with our wives and you know David as well as a, as a performer, we made all those mistakes yeah. in the industry. And we mm. were just so defined by it and that, kind of tension well how are you a, a christian in, in the industry what do you choose what do you not choose and it and it came to a point that i got so burnt by the art that god had given me to worship him that i laid it aside mm. yeah i said i just can't do this anymore i just don't know how to do it in a healthy way and i think our message came about by saying no let's try and reframe that yeah how do we partner with god in our art rather than trying to compartmentalize and saying I'm an artist here and I'm a Christian over here. Sure. What does it look like to partner with God in our art? That's awesome. So here you're at the conference. You've, you've yeah. done some things at the conference. Tell everybody um, what your participation has been here and what, what your role has been with Reimagine. Yeah. So Noah's a good buddy of mine and he came down and we were sat around a campfire at another good buddy of mine, um, Seth Dahl's house. He's the children's pastor of mm-hmm. uh, Bethel Church. And... I told him about something that the Lord gave me about 15 years ago called the dream circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as artists, people in general, we, we sometimes quash our dreams right. and we try and make everything logical with our brain rather than listening with our heart. And if God communicates to us spirit to spirit and we detach from that and we just think I can only do that for money or I can't dream because I've been told or conditioned by society or by relationships or by my parents that I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah. Right. The Lord gave me a dream circle to actually create a definitive area 
where people can actually step into it. And it's very simple. It's just masking tape on a floor. Yeah. Right. But it allows me to influence that atmosphere in a given space. Mm. So that when people step into it, they actually feel and are given permission to speak to the public about what their dreams are. And mm. I get them to do it in a very simple way. It's like charades on yeah. steroids. Yeah. Yeah. I sure. get them to do um, three freeze frames of what their dreams are. It can be current dreams, future dreams. They can be three freeze frames of the same dream. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then we open it up to the audience to say what they are. Yeah. They confirm it and it becomes a declaration. Yeah, and you said, you said something very specific in your talk about what happens when that declaration is made public and, and kind of what the relationship between that person and the audience is. So talk a little bit about that. So, so what it is, it's the freeze frames, if you want to put it in kind of our language, the freeze frames become a prophetic declaration. Mm -hmm. yeah. When the audience speak it out, they're becoming in a, they come into agreement with you. Mm -hmm. And then when I, when I um, confirm that back to the audience, it becomes a declaration. Yeah. Yeah. And then the audience keep me accountable to yeah. that. Right. Sure. So I've done a prophetic declaration and I've done a verbal declaration. So for me, I've declared it because I speak. Whenever we create worlds with what we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also becomes physical mm -hmm. because it's in my body. Mm -hmm. So I start to live that out with the fullness of who I am. Yeah. It's a really intense, um, and not necessarily intense in like the loud, crazy kind yeah. of intensity. It's intense. This You have a room of... 90 people, something like that, all they're watching quietly while this person mimes this thing. And, and you kept referring to, um, like, if a person was going to start talking or, or interacting with you or with somebody, you ask them to step out of the circle mm -hmm. nicely, say, hey, this is a sacred place. Yeah. And the whole moment just kind of gets zero focused in on the miming yeah. of what's happening and the interpretation of what their dream is. And then... Uh, to say that it's a game kind of cheapens it, but of course. but then we play this this back and forth of I think that's what they're trying to do, and mm -hmm. they say no, that's not quite it, or that's exactly what my mm -hmm. dream is, yeah. and um, it it just creates a weird space of vulnerability yes. with a group of people um, that I don't think we see a ton anymore, especially right. not in that arena. Um, yeah. So it's really it's a really interesting exercise. Um, and it's a like super simple one too. Yeah, but it's still very powerful. I, I think the thing that stood out to me too, because I got to watch some of these yesterday, yeah. was also just the um, the expressed safety of the circle. It, it kind of reminded me of the mm -hmm. Bill Hybels, like you know, like the safety. Yeah, like the like grace, the, like you're in the, under the grace umbrella right now. Or but whatever. just something about expressing that verbally, I think, definitely opens people up to then mm -hmm. really to then express what they want. So. Well, that's why I call it the dream circle, a safe place to take risks. Yeah, that's. Because we don't want to not take risks, right? but we know we want to do it in a safe place, mm -hmm. in a place where there's no judgment, no fear of failure, perfectionism's out of the window, and it's just you being raw and vulnerable, sure. authentic, because I think we become the best versions of who we can be when we are authentic and vulnerable. Yeah, so let me ask you to do uh, ask one more question, and, and yeah. I'm not going to ask you to ask one more question. I'm going to ask you one more <laughs> okay, question, and then sure. we're going to go to this. Um, how often do you go through this this process with yourself or with your team? How 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 regularly do you do the dream circle? Well, that exercise I do it when if I do a conference, sure. okay. or I will do it as a preliminary exercise, not necessarily for actors. Okay. Sure. The acting technique is a lot more 
it's a lot more intense. Sure. But I build them up to that because I'm with them for a year. Yeah. And when we do it through Bethel Conservatory through the arts, I'm with them for four years. Right. So there are different dimensions to it. You know, so the parts when we'll do text in it or Shakespearean work in it. Mm -hmm. But it, it, it's much more deep than it is. But with something like this, I will do it at conferences or in breakout sessions, yeah. like at the School of Creativity at Bethel yeah. and uh, other areas where I'm asked to speak. That's awesome. All right, so... Um, so here's what we're going to do for all of you Facebook Live watchers. Um, we're the Master of One podcast. We each kind of carry with us. Uh, I'm the Master of Art and Design, Master of Toys and Games, mm -hmm. Master of TV and Film. Um, that's right. And that's what our, our premise is for the podcast. But uh, Fab is going to become a Master of One for the next few minutes. Oh, but man. he doesn't know what he's going to be the Master of yet. We have these tokens. They range in all sorts of different categories. But he's going to pick one of those categories right now off the cuff. And he's going to tell us something New and noteworthy from his perspective on that category. Okay, so, here we what go. Are you be the master right. Of? Shall I? I'll go for this one. Do what you got to do, was... man. Art and design. Art and design. You know oh, art, right. man. Gosh. <laughs> All right. New and noteworthy. Who Who are you looking at? What are you looking at? All that stuff that, that you want to tell us. A story you want to relate. A story, yeah. But just art and design. Art and design. Can I go into fashion with that? Oh, my Absolutely. gosh. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if anyone in this room can, it's going to be you. <laughs> right, okay, good. If I so, had asked that, it would have been a no. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no it's probably so I would answer. say my, my – I love scotch and soda. They okay, are okay. A, a fashion brand out of uh, the Netherlands. Okay. And I love their sense of style. They are edgy. They are also very, very – the website's not amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> it needs to be better. Okay. But they've got – boutiques all over and they don't have a sense that they are a chain mm. like h&m and zara great these are these are slightly you know they're they're above that in terms of pricing yeah. a little bit more exclusive but yeah. just a fantastic brand cool and so what okay so what is it about them i'm trying to pull them up right now um what is it about those uh that brand that that captivates you that captures you it's really good for my shape Okay. I feel that their jeans are amazing and tailored. Mm -hmm. Their jackets and the sport coats just fit beautifully. Mm -hmm. So it's just a style that's just edgy. Yeah. You know. It, when yeah. it when it comes to fashion, I'm curious uh, as a man that does not have any. Um, <laughs> is there like a certain level of like is the cut the most important? Is the confidence when you wear it the most important? Is the actual like pattern or print most important? Like, do you have a weighted scale when you're deciding what works for me? Yeah, I mean, cut's definitely important. Fabric's important. I'll give you an example. Um, for me, uh, fashion is an extension of who I am. Sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it enhances how I feel about myself. Yeah. So I was doing a movie uh, many years ago and it was the premiere. So I went into Selfridges in London mm -hmm. And I was going to buy some Gucci trousers and a Christian Dior jacket. Mm -hmm. Expensive for the time. Maybe, sure. I don't know, three grand for the outfit. Right, right. Yeah. And um, be still expensive for my time forever. <laughs> it, exactly. So, but my wife said, do you really want to spend that on an outfit? Um, this was edgy. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I said, I do. But she says, you know, why don't you see if you can spend something and get something cheaper? So I went to Tigers of Sweden. Mm -hmm. Great, great shop. And I spent about 1500 bucks. I wore it once, never wore it again. Yeah. If I'd bought that Christian Dior jacket because of the cut and the edginess, I'd still be wearing it now. Ah. So pieces that become timeless. Yeah. Pieces that are classic and timeless. And I'm not just talking about a normal set of Oxfords sure. or an Oxford shirt, but something that I know that will transcend time. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, my wife has definitely spent three grand at Target on shirts that she wears <laughs> once. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, that's brilliant. You are a man who uh, we haven't even like talked about your IMDb page and the golden jacket that <laughs> oh, we saw. Oh photo. wow! Um, but <laughs> seems like we are just scratching the surface with you. But you are a fascinating dude and awesome to listen to, awesome to talk to. Thanks so much for stepping Thank in. How can having people me, guys. follow you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at the Dream Circle, okay. um, or you can follow me on Facebook, Fabiano Martel Altamora. Okay. And um, the website is BethelConservatory.com. Awesome. Awesome. Super cool, man. Thanks for taking time to chat with us. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, have, Thank a great, you. have a great rest yeah, of the conference. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Fab. That was so much fun. <laughs> That's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to join us back here tomorrow for a full-length episode. And follow us on social. Just search M of One Podcast on all the different platforms. But for now, we're out of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. I'm Luke. Peace out. Bye. Hold on to your butts.